Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. How are you? I am extremely well. And you? I'm very good. Thank you for asking. Welcome, everyone, to the grandiose series finale of Bareback Podcast. Series 2. Series 2. Where we are going to discuss everything pets. Yes. Why are British people so obsessed with their pussies? And how do Argentines feel about their bitches? Woof, woof. We'll find out in a bit. But, Bob, for people who are joining us for the first time today, and this is their first exposure to a podcast, albeit during our series finale, what is Bareback Podcast? Well, first of all, I'd say to those people, where have you been? Secondly, I'd say, you're very welcome to be here. This is Bareback, the podcast where we navigate our lives together as a bear couple. And we explore the quirks of our different cultures. Yep, and if you don't know what a bear is as a newbie, it's a large gay male. Anyway, I'm Ben, and I'm British. And I'm Benja, and I'm also British. What's... I didn't realise you were going to reveal that so soon into the episode. This news, everyone. I am now a British citizen. Did you enjoy that? Did you feel patriotic listening to that? Uh, I felt something. <laughs> You're British. I'm British. All of that rigmarole of going through the life in the UK test, all that paperwork, has it all been worth it? How do you feel? To be honest, Bob, I feel very, very happy. I still feel a little bit in the middle because I'm still Argentinian as well. So I'm kind of like a little bit in here, a little bit in there, like dipping my toes in a little bit of everything. Well, it's kind of like, I would say you, you've got your feet in both oceans, but I mean, there is only one ocean that separates the UK from Argentina, the Atlantic. Let's just say that I, I am a citizen of the world. Oh, God. Oh, you've been saying this all week and it's been driving me crazy. It's like, you know, my hobby is train spotting. What's Ben has hobby? Collecting passports. I mean... Jealous, Madge? <laughs> well, it depends. Are we going to get married anytime soon? <laughs> you still don't get the passport. I mean, I just got the British one, so you already have one of those. <sighs> anyway, let's talk about what happened. So the listeners have gone on this journey with us. We were there right at the beginning. We did the Life in the UK test together on the podcast. We talked about all the administrative issues that you had to go through to submit your paperwork. What happened then? So... I got an email. Okay. And that email just invited me to my citizenship ceremony. Nice. Yeah, not that much. COVID hit. Okay. So what happens is your ceremony, you need to pledge your allegiance to the Queen. Well, I mean, you do that every night with me, so. Um, <laughs> different Queen. 
Now, the thing is, you never did pledge allegiance to the actual queen in a physical form, so you didn't go and meet the queen. No. You did it in, like, a county council, with, and you do it to a photo of a queen. Okay. Of their queen, not a queen, their queen. The queen, as yeah. in Queen Elizabeth II. Yeah, not Freddie Mercury. Not Freddie Mercury and not me. Is it a signed photo, though? I don't know, I've never been there. Oh, okay. Because that's the thing, because COVID hit, now the ceremonies are online via Teams. <laughs> I mean, this is just amazing. That, you know, all that effort and all that blood, sweat and tears to get your citizenship, and then it's conferred to you via Zoom. There was a picture of the Queen, but as well, it was like, it's weird, because it wasn't an actual picture of the Queen. It was a picture of the Queen, but of a team's background. Nice. So the lady from the council was there and she had a background. The background had on one side the Union Jack and on the other one a framed photo of the Queen. Oh, lovely. So that's who you pledge allegiance to. But realistically, you actually had the Queen present with you in the room, didn't you? When you pledged allegiance. I did, and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> so, for those who are not physically here, Ben decided to buy a cardboard cutout, life-size cardboard cutout of the Queen. Well, I think it's bigger than life-size, because she's actually taller than you, and I, I would imagine the Queen's probably shorter than you in RL. Yeah, but there's also quite a tall hat, so... Oh, she has got a big hat, yeah. Yeah, so it could be. And the thing is, you didn't tell me. Of course, it was a surprise. And you put it up the night before and you left it in the kitchen mm-hmm. now i get up earlier than you because you get a coffee in bed every morning absolutely as what i deserve and if you can imagine me opening the kitchen door and walking into just the shape of a person <laughs> and you went fuck you ben <laughs> You des- and I was pissing myself in bed. I was laughing so much. You deserved it. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I I was looking at the screen, and behind the screen, there was this life-size cardboard cutout. I think it's great. I think it's going to become a real feature of our house. People will come to visit us, and they'll want to see the Queen. And they'll see you. And they'll see the, the cardboard cut out of the queen. I mean, we could get other celebrities and we could kind of do like a low-budget Madame Tussauds. I mean, I feel that this is a slippery slope into something really, really, really wrong that it's not going to happen. And then when I go away for work, I can get one made of me for you. So when I'm away, you'll think that I'm there all the time. Not going to happen. So, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll take this off air, Bab. We'll take this off air. All right. So take the listeners through the actual ceremony itself. Obviously, we know that you couldn't do it in person. You can do it physically. There was no kind of like grand ceremony. It was literally just you in our back bedroom, you know, on Teams. What actually happened during that call? So um, basically, the lady from the council introduced herself. And to be fair, she was really sweet and she was really nice. She kind of made an introduction about sort of the journey that everyone goes to get to the point of being able to be in that ceremony and how important it is and how different it must be for different people. So it was really nice. She did like a very um, nice introduction. She basically said as well on how because of those journeys that are long journeys, how actually this, it it means a lot. It's a very meaningful step and it's a very meaningful thing 
process to go through and to actually get in is a, a very important step. Oh yeah, she made she made uh, a, a real. It was a real moment. Yeah. Like I got a bit emotional. I was stood in the hallway, obviously being a bit voyeuristic and watching it. And you know, I was welling up, Bob. Yeah, yeah, it was really nice. So after the introduction, you have to either oath your allegiance, and that's the one where you swear to God for religious people, or you have to recite the affirmation of allegiance, which is the one that I chose. Because realistically, the bearded fella up there has nothing to do with me getting the citizenship. So I thank you, but I'll recite the affirmation of allegiance. And basically, it's a little bit like a wedding. So she basically starts talking and you have to... Re- it's a little bit of repeat after me. So you say your name, you confirm your all of your details, your address, your date of birth. You have to show on camera your passport. And I had to print the email from the home office where they invited me to the ceremony and show that on camera. Given Teams has a function to share screen, but I still had to print it and show it on camera. And the same with my passport and so on. And then basically I just repeated after the lady the affirmation of allegiance. And it was literally like a wedding. It was like I, oh, yeah, yeah. Benjamin, you know. Um, I, I pledge to follow the law. I pledge my allegiance to the Queen Elizabeth II and any of her heirs and successors. And to uphold the British law and that's it. So you literally got married to a country. Yeah, pretty much. And, and then and she kind of says, uh, the finishing, the ending of, the, of that part of the ceremony is a little bit like that. Because she does say, like, on behalf of Queen Elizabeth II, the British government, and Warwickshire County Council. Obviously. <laughs> she declared me a British citizen. Yay! Mm. I mean, it's fantastic news, but it kind of makes the podcast a bit null and void now because the whole point of the podcast is we talk about British culture and then we talk about Argentinian culture, but now we're both British. So is this the end of the podcast? No, it's not. It's just the end of the series. We're coming back. (laughs) We are coming back. You'll be pleased to know. We are coming back for a festive special on the 25th of December. So, you know, you're bored of, you know, your extended family. There's nothing decent on TV. Give us a listen. We'll be there on Christmas Day with you to celebrate the festive season. And we also have a New Year special. Yep, so we'll be there with you on the 1st of January. So nursing your hangover from the night before or whatever you've been up to, you want to have a little lie-in, stay in bed... And we'll be there and we'll take you through into the new year. So we'll be looking back at some of the best bits from Series 1 and Series 2. And we'll also be looking ahead to 2022. And maybe, who knows, we might have a resolution or two. And on 4th of February, we're back. Series 3 is coming. It's the same old stuff, you know. And hopefully, love... But yeah, we've got some nice little things up our sleeve. We're going to be working hard behind the scenes over the festive break. And we'll bring you lots of great guests, lots of games. And hopefully some intelligent, well, maybe not intelligent, but funny debate. Fun. (laughs) Yeah, something to make you smile on a Friday. But, 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 
we have actually been busy in the meantime because we've been on another podcast, Bab. Yeah, we've been invited to share our thoughts. Yes, because <laughs> apparently we have some thoughts. So I guess really, have you ever thought about the ways that TV has made you who you are or shaped your life decisions? Well, every week on the TV That Changed Me podcast, host Beth Watson is joined by someone new as they take a deep dive into a show that's changed their life or shaped the world. And this week it was... Us. And we've been talking all about queer as folk. Love that show. Yeah, the British version. Oh, of course. Not the US version. No disrespect to the US version, but... And I couldn't believe it, because we obviously went back and watched the series over 20 years ago that I first aired on television. But yeah, if you've not seen the show, it's about a group of gay men living in Manchester at the end of the 90s. And, you know, it was a real pivotal moment for us growing up as queer teenagers. And that's what we talk about in the episode. And if you haven't heard the TV That Changed Me podcast, go on and look for it and listen to us in duplex. Absolutely. And Beth's show is absolutely awesome. And there's some other great TV shows that she's featured with other guests, including Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Skins, The L Word. They've done WandaVision and even Fleabag as well. So check out some of the other episodes as well. Welcome back to the main section of our podcast. Oh, you sounded very professional there, Bob. I know, and I made an effort. <laughs> what, for the final? <laughs> well, yeah, this is uh, the final episode of our series, of I'm Series so, 2. I might get emotional. Yeah, but we're, we're coming back for Series 3. What are we talking about this week, then? So we're talking about bets. Meow. Mm, wow. <laughs> What's wow? That's how dogs sound in Spanish. Whoa, 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 right. Okay, we need to discuss this first off. Dogs don't go woof in Spanish. No. They go wow. As in like, wow. No. I've just had a makeover. No, it's with G. It's G-U-A-U. G-U-A-U. Gao. No. Guau. Guau. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Wow. Wow. No, it's woof. Woof, woof, woof. No. Okay, let's do some other animals. Cat. Meow. It's the same. Mm, not really. So, the thing is, in English, it's M-E-O-W, isn't it? It's, uh, it's kind of like meow. Meow. Ow, ow, ow. Yeah, so in Spanish, it's M-I-A-U. Oh. So, it's seems, meow. Seems a bit Japanese, almost. No, it's meow. 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 Right, so, we've done dog, cat. What are the animals? Horse. I don't know how to do horse noise. You don't know how to do a horse noise in Spanish? No. <laughs> Is that... I don't know. That's like you've been tickled. Yeah, kind of. I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> so how, how does a horse goes in English? Nay. Nay. N-E-I-G-H. Nay. Do that again. Nay. So, is the horse share? <laughs> nay! <laughs> Do you believe in love after love? Okay, well, you don't want horses, so that's rubbish. I mean, cow must be the same, wouldn't it? Moo. 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 Yeah. yeah. Sheep? Bear. Bear. Yeah. 
Like B. Yeah, it's with B. B E B E E E E E. It's ba. No, it's ba. Ma. I'm sorry. Are you judging my language right now? I'm just. I'm just trying to get to the bottom of how then, this has happened. Then don't say no when I tell you what it sounds in Spanish. I just find it very difficult to compute right now. Okay. That we essentially grew up around the same types of animals, but they sound differently because they're in a different part of the world. Different languages. Okay, lion. So lion in Spanish we're like like Rrr. in Spanish is more with G than with R. So they don't roar though. Yeah, they groan. Roar. It's kind of like they groan. They groan. Like Rrr. they sound less scary in Spanish. What about a whale? <laughs> I don't actually know what I mean, a whale sound is. I mean, I, I I know in my head I've heard whales uh, whales singing. <laughs> I actually don't know that one. Okay, let, let's go back to the farmyard. Chickens. <laughs> it sounds like a prepubescent girl group. Oh, like it sounds any better in English. Well, it depends, because it's like, if it's the cock, hello, sailor, then it goes, cock-a-doodle-doo. Yeah, but see, that's made up. Have you ever listened to a cock? I know you've seen plenty, but have you <laughs> listened to one? Uh... But it's more a bit, it's more like, oh, oh, oh. Exactly. So that, that sound that you're saying they make is completely made up by your literature, not by actual animals. And then what does the sound that the chicken makes? Is it the same in Spanish? So in Spanish, you would probably say for the chicken, kikiriki, and for the uh, <laughs> cog, you would say, kokoroko. All right, I'll do one more and then we'll have to move on <laughs> okay. because otherwise we'll be here all night. Yeah. Frog. Croc. 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 Yeah. That's a crocodile. No. It's like it's like those plastic things that nurses wear in hospitals and we, on and their feet. And we had Shusha, um, the, the TV presenter, singing a song about um, a frog saying, Crocky, 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 crocky. I think she needs to go back to school because clearly it's ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. Yeah, but they don't make that sound. But they, they don't make a crocky sound. Yeah, but they, they make a sound. It's a C-R-O-A-C. Croc. Croak. Yeah, they croak, but it, the sound is ribbit, ribbit. Yeah, not in Spanish. Okay. So, re- remind us before we move on, what's the sound of the dog again? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. This is a chihuahua. Wow, 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 wow. I was going to say, that is a small dog. And they go for your ankles. I know. And okay. they have, and that's the thing, they have awful personality small dogs, don't they? Yeah, they just shit and go for your ankles. Yeah. Mm, I would never have a small dog. I wouldn't either. <laughs> so, there we are. <laughs> That was a nice little interlude. So, yeah, so we're talking about pets today. In the UK, what do you think is the most popular pet? Mm, I would say that probably anywhere in the Western world must be dogs. Well, it is in the UK, for sure. It's 33% of households have a dog. 27% have a cat. 2% have indoor birds. And only 2% of households have rabbits. I thought it would be more than that. Well, the thing is, it's probably people who live in farmhouses or with houses with big yards that have rabbits one day. I suppose so, yeah. We, we, we always had rabbits growing up. We always had rabbits. I just assumed that more people than that had rabbits. They taste good. <laughs> I know they do. <laughs> That's the problem. But um, <laughs> I didn't obviously cook my rabbits when I was growing up. But this country, the UK, we are obsessed with our pets. 
The amount of money we spent on our pets last year was 7.9 million British pounds. And that was up 170% when the the survey on pet spending first began in 2005. Let's be honest. Everyone got a puppy for during lockdown. Or they had a baby. Or they had a baby. Or both. Oh, both, yeah. The thing is, it's a good thing to have both because they they grow up already knowing each other since they're <laughs> puppy and baby. I think it's a really cute combination. The thing with the amount of money that that refers to, for me, is that from basically what we heard, because we didn't get a bed during lockdown, is that the prices really, really hiked up, didn't they? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, a dog now is like, what, £3,000? I know. Imagine what you could do with £3,000 other than buy a dog. Mm, I'm thinking travel. <laughs> nice travel. I'm just thinking about adding to my model railway collection. Mm, we don't have space in the house for that. <laughs> so let's go back to travels and let's not buy trains. So what What are, the, are people's attitudes towards pets in Argentina? Is it the same as here? So it's similar. Uh, I think that most people that can will have a pet. I think people probably spend less money than in the UK on their pets, you know, on buying like the Christmas outfit, the Christmas jumper and the Halloween outfit and this outfit and this little bow and this little thing. I mean, people don't buy as many things. They still buy lots of things for for their pets and a lot of toys and so on. But it's more about sort of the companionship rather than the what material things the dog has. It's also worth saying as well that probably there's a lot more in Argentina uh, stray dogs. Okay. Although there are charities that work with uh, animals and try to home them and so on, they don't do such a sweeping job like here in the UK. Here in the UK, a dog is out on its own for two days and it's being picked up. What happens to that dog, I don't know. I, I, I want to think that it gets adopted. But in Argentina, they just leave astrays and they continue to leave astrays a lot of them i remember when you took me to argentina and we went round to your friend's house and they had a dog now technically this dog was a stray yeah but this was the most pampered stray dog i've ever seen in my life so this happens a lot in argentina because there are more strays uh strays kind of have not a home but a whole street <laughs> so the dog that you met is ramon and I love Ramon. Ramon is so sweet as well, isn't he? Yeah. So Ramon is a stray dog. And basically, it appeared one day on my friend's road. So the neighbours that sort of were concerned about a stray dog there in terms of is it healthy? Is it someone? So has it been lost or anything of the sorts? So they're trying to find the owner of the dog to see whether someone has lost it. And they took a lot of effort to uh, sort of, they took him to the beds to make sure that he was all right. But then the problem was that no one actually had room in the house to adopt him. So basically, all of the neighbours on the street, they all sort of pitched together and they had him snipped. Mm-hmm. And they, he goes for his shots and his regular bed checks. And basically, he just goes in and out of everyone's houses and basically everyone fits him and puts food, they buy him toys. So it's, it kind of it belongs to the whole street, really. I think it's lovely. And it was just amazing. I remember because we, we left your friend's house to go out and get some ice cream, didn't we? And this dog just randomly walked in. And he's quite a big dog. Yeah. 
He's quite a big dog. I mean, daft as a brush, but quite a big dog. And I was like, um, excuse me, do you know that a dog's just walked into your house? And they're like, oh, yeah, that's Ramon. Yeah, like, that's Ramon. He, he lives here part-time. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing. He goes into the different houses, and he's friends with all of the children. Ramon is amazing. I love Ramon. <laughs> Maybe we should get a Ramon hit on our street. On the street? Probably the RSPCA would come and take him. Yeah, that's true. That's true, actually. <laughs> So, I want to talk about pets you had growing up, because mm-hmm. I had a myriad. I mean, I practically had a zoo at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, we always had, like, pets growing up. What about you? So, no, we lived in a flat. We lived oh. on a seven, we lived, we lived on a seventh floor in the middle of the city centre, so there wasn't really a lot of room for pets. I remember at one point, as a kid, I had a couple of goldfish called Pedrito and Juanita. <laughs> Not stereotypical names at all. Not stereotypical, but they had middle names. Oh. And they were Alf. Okay. Because he was orange. And the other one was Ronda, who was like Alf's love interest in Melmac, where the planet where he came from. I, I, I'm sorry, you're going to have to explain the name, the, the meaning behind those names. Have you never seen Alf? What's Alf? The TV show about the alien. Well, evidently not. At I didn't get your reference. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> I'm telling the truth. Alf is an institution of the 80s. Uh, I'm an institution of the 80s, thanks very much. Mm, you were born in the 80s. <laughs> so Alf is this, basically is this alien that crash lands in like a suburban area of the US and it's taken on by this family, the Tanners. So you have Will and Kate, who are the couple, and then you... What, of the royal family? No, no, not that Will and Kate. They're like a middle-aged family, and they have two children. Oh, what are the names of the children? Oh, I can't remember. Lynn was the girl. And was it Eric, the boy? I can't remember if Eric was the name of the character or the name of the actor. Okay. No, I think Eric is the name of the character. It was Brian. I think it was Brian, the name of the character. Okay. I mean, this is and basically, fascinating stuff, Bob. Absolutely fascinating. And basically, they live with this alien who in their planet they feed on cats so this alien is always like comically trying to eat the cat that's awful yeah but he never succeeds he's part of the comedy and then they have this very nosy old couple as neighbors so it's kind of like about always trying to hide about them but it's gone for years and years and years so basically he starts meeting people at some point so for example at some point she half goes into like the 80s version of online dating and goes into a blind date with a person who's actually blind. And this person basically doesn't know that Alf is an alien because she's never seen him. I mean, this sounds like a riveting program. I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised. Oh my I've, god! I'm really surprised I've not seen it. It was, it was Some shit. Absolutely, it was absolutely amazing. A lot of my childhood. One of the most distinct memories of my childhood is uh, the character of Brian, who was like a cute um, little boy, dressed as an asparagus, and singing his high school, his song in school, in like in a school play. And of course this was dubbed, so it's asparagus, asparagus, se sirven en la mesa. It was the most 80s thing ever, but I very distinctly have that memory in my head. And all this to say, that's why you named your goldfish Alf. Yeah. Okay. And the female one, Rhonda, who was Alf's love interest from his home planet. Okay. 
But those were the middle names. They were Pedro and Juanita. Well, I had a goldfish. So it was the classic. We went to a fair in the summer and I don't think they do it anymore, but I won a goldfish in a bag. Like, you used to win them in a bag. Mm-hmm. And I took it home. And, of course, they always lasted, like, two days, and it died. But my parents, because I was only about four or five, thought they could get away with putting a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that was coming, didn't you? Yeah, I knew that was coming. <laughs> you preempted the punchline. They thought they could get away by putting a, a carrot in the goldfish bowl until they could replace it with another goldfish. The thing, did they put it, I don't know, like on a stick or something so it would float? Or was it just there lying on the bottom? I mean, it was quite a big carrot. It wasn't a chantilly. It was like a proper big like carrot. Like a proper big carrot. You know, I don't know what the term for a big carrot is, but like, you know, probably about 10 centimetres long. And I remember saying to my mum, why is there a carrot in the goldfish bowl? And I could just see her face now completely dropping because she realised that the game was up. And I think she probably said something like, oh, it's hiding behind the rock. And lo and behold, the next day, the carrot had gone because the goldfish had eaten it. But then I also noticed that the goldfish that had been replaced with had a different plumage. So it all kind of, it all kind of unravelled and, you know. I mean parenting than ride well i think they underestimated my intelligence which you know for most of my life they would have probably been quite correct but apparently i'm quite good at telling the difference between a goldfish and a carrot sometimes a difficult one to tell but as i say we had a lot of rabbits growing up so when i was born i was actually gifted from my grandparents a well two rabbits bonnie and clyde Okay, and then you're judging me for Pedrito Alfa and Juanita Ronda. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, I've never actually seen Bonnie and Clyde, the film, but I, I do know that Bonnie and Clyde is a, an iconic film. Were they like fugitives or something? Yeah, they were criminals. I mean, Bonnie and Clyde, my Bonnie and Clyde, the rabbits, the most exciting thing they did was eat their own shit, you know. that's <laughs> mm. Well, that's what rabbits do, don't they? They poo it out and then they eat it again. It, they... I don't know, I've never had rabbits. Yeah, they double digest. Very sustainable. It's very sustainable, and then it comes out like little Maltesers. Yeah, they come like that. Isn't that why, you know, the um, tricks? Is it, what is the cereal that has the shape as uh, rabbit oh, droppings? Oh, yeah. Um, like, I don't know what they're called. We don't really eat cereal, do we? No. I like a crunchy nut cornflake, but that's my limit. Yeah, they do look like rabbit droppings. I know which ones you mean. They're chocolate cereal, aren't yeah. they? And you put milk on, and it makes the milk go chocolatey. I feel like I'm trying to explain something that doesn't need explaining. Probably not. But yeah, so they lived, I think, I feel like they lived until I was like 10, 11. I think they lived, they had a good life. And then we had Betty, a rabbit. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, she was, it's not very nice actually, she was killed. The house that I grew up in backed onto a farm and they had ferrets and they got out and they attacked her. Very sad. Oh. But I remember when I was in my teenage years, we got a cat my brother and I went to visit my dad's friend who had a farm, a different farm, and saw a cute kitten and were like, we want it. I think it was my dad. I think my dad knew that that was going to happen, but it kind of was like, oh, we oh, saw yeah. this cat. And, you know, so we ended up coming back with Albert. And Albert lived, oh, well into his 20s. And his favourite snack, actually, talking about Maltesers, was Maltesers. He used to lick the chocolate off mm-hmm. off a Malteser. And, um, yeah, he was very, very, very frail towards the end. I, I mean, me and my brother were awful to him. We used to do some really nasty things. Yeah, I've seen some videos of it. Like, we would dress him up. We would, like... I think my brother, like, tied a balloon to him once. We made him be Kate Winslet in a version that we did of Titanic. Because 
my dad was in this club at work where he could borrow this video camera so we used to have to book it out and we'd get it for like a weekend and all weekend we'd like spend it making our own films and I remember he starred in our remake of Titanic he was Rose he was various dinosaurs in our version of Jurassic Park and we also did a version of Star Wars I think he was Jabba the Hutt in Star Wars see I can imagine the annoyance of that cat yeah, absolutely. See, I've always been a dog person. So when I was 15, we moved to a house. And then the following year, my aunt's dogs had puppies. So we took in one of the puppies. So we had a Doverman. They are huge. Yeah, so he was 55 kilos. Oh my God. That's like the same weight as me. I wish. Uh, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> I wish I weighed 55 kilos. Yeah. That's going to happen. Times two. Mm. <laughs> two? Shut up! <laughs> it's the finale. Let's be upbeat. Okay, let's, be <laughs> let's, be, let's be body positive. Okay, body positive. Okay. Yay! So, and to be fair, first of all, it has to be said, I lost the naming because I was, I, I was like 15. I wanted to have something like really like, ah, far. So I wanted to name him Havoc. Oh, and we did a flip coin, and I won the flip coin, but then my mum said, yeah, we're still not calling him that. Yeah, Havoc to me sounds like an X-Men character or something like that. Yeah, it literally was an X-Men character. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you are. Uh, and I was an X-Men fan. <laughs> so my government was called Funky. Funky? <laughs> yeah. God. But I think that's probably worse than Havoc. No, I love Funky, the name. He, he's, he's got the funk. He's got the funk. Did he have the funk? Yeah, he was the stupidest dog ever. I loved him. So, the thing is, if you can imagine, a 55 kilo Doverman can look like a very scary dog. But this dog, first of all, he would need to be always, like, laying on the floor between everyone with some part of his body touching everyone so he would know if he would stand up and and leave. Oh, it's just like you today. What do you mean? (laughs) You like to have a part of your body, like, touching... (laughs) Somebody else's body. I was trying to make a joke. Oh, okay. It didn't work, but... But there is some truth in the matter, I think. A little bit. (laughs) And then this 55-kilo Doverman was particularly rattled by two things. The first one was we had a, a sofa... And the sofa pillows were actually made of feathers, were like really small feathers. And whenever a feather would would come out, he would like very, very scaredily go and sniff it out. But of course, when he sniffed it out, the uh, feather would fly away and he would just run away, scared the hell out of the feather. <laughs> but the best one is this 55 kilo Doverman was afraid of flies. If there was a fly in the house, <laughs> he would run to the bathroom. That was like his safe space. He would like stick his head out of the bathroom. And you know when dogs do that sort of bark that is half crying? <laughs> yeah, not even that. It's, it's like a long, almost like a, a crying howl. It's like, whoa. And basically until you got the fly out, he wouldn't come out of the bathroom. That's what the scary 55 kilo Doberman was afraid of. Oh, pets are brilliant because they do have, I mean, maybe not quite goldfish, but they do have personalities. I know. Um, with Funky, I have to admit that we 
used to do something really, really wrong that we didn't know it was wrong. And for him particularly, it was safe. So his favorite food was grapes. <gasps> That's like the worst thing you can give a dog. I know, but Funky loved them. And we didn't know it was meant to be bad for him. And it definitely wasn't bad for him. <laughs> but the thing with grapes is that he, if you put grapes on his plate, he wouldn't eat them. Okay. He would just sit next to you and drool all over. And he would only eat them if you fed him grape by grape in his mouth. <laughs> like a proper patient, you know. Yeah, he was very like Nero, you know, sitting <laughs> yeah. Roman emperor being fed grapes. If you put grapes on his plate, he would not touch them. Now, obviously, here in our home in Warwickshire, we've spoken about him quite a lot. In fact, I'm surprised it's taken us this long to give him his own sort of... Slot. His own spot. <laughs> but honestly, the bane of my life in making this podcast is editing out the cat. Because we record in our kitchen and the cat will come in and he'll have his biscuits and all you can hear through our headphones is... <coughs> and then he'll meow because he wants... Attention. And he wants a cuddle. And so I have to edit that out. And then we'll put him outside and then he'll scratch at the front door because he won't use a cat flap because he's such a diva. And then we have to let him back in and we have to stop recording. So Jove is like one of the constants of this podcast. You've just not heard it. Yeah, because we edit him out. But (laughs) Jove is... I mean, where do we start with Jove? I mean, during the pandemic, he was one of the reasons why we got so friendly with our neighbours. Because around the estate where we live, he's known as Boss Cat. Yeah. Because he literally... And he has caused traffic jams. This is no word of a lie. Because what he does is he goes out... And he doesn't go out a lot because he's just not bothered about anything. Now he's more of a outside-from-the-inside cat. He loves sitting in the windows here looking outside. But he doesn't spend a lot of time outside, does he? But when he does go outside, he likes to sit in the middle of the road. Yes. And if a car comes along, or or anything really, he will not move. Mm. He's like, this is my space, I'm going to stay here, deal with it. Yeah. So for that reason, he's known as Boss Cat. And that's the thing, he just stays there, and cars are trying to get through, and he's in the middle of the road, and he won't budge. He won't move. But yeah, Jove is a lawn to himself. It gets to about half past five in the evening. And he will literally come and sit wherever you are and he'll just scream at you. Yeah. Until you go and sit on the sofa so he can have a cuddle. Yeah, all he wants is to use you as pillow. He wants he wants you to sit in the sofa so he can sleep on your on your lap. Yeah. The thing is, that being said, is Jobe has his routine. Oh my goodness. He's like bloody clockwork, that animal. So realistically, when I wake up every morning and I come down to make Coffee, the coffee that you drink in bed uh, every every morning, by the way. And I am very grateful for that, Beb. You better. I am very grateful. So, Chobe will be in the windowsill having a nap. So, I'll feed him and change his water. He'll have a bite to eat. He'll go out. And he'll go out for... Uh, realistically, he goes out for five minutes and starts scratching the door. But I leave him out until you let him in when you come down. Mm-hmm. He sleeps all morning. Well, I mean, let's be honest, he sleeps, he must sleep about 18 hours a day. At least. At least. Then at one, he'll wake up and start meowing because he wants food, he wants to be fed. And the thing with Chobe is that his plate might be full, but you still need to go through the dummy process of grabbing his plate, grabbing the bag of food, and I probably put a couple of pellets 
Yeah. And then just put it back in, and he thinks that it's all new food because he won't eat from his full plate until you've gone through that routine of changing it. And then you say about half five, but around half four, he starts bugging me upstairs for the mm-hmm. same. Then when he sees that I'm ignoring him for like half an hour of meow, 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 meow while I'm on a team's call for work, <laughs> he comes down and starts bugging you. Now, what I've discovered is that if you take him out at that time, he'll scratch the door and want to come in for a, a few minutes, but then he'll go away. He'll go and sit around the corner in our garage door as he normally does, and he'll stay out until probably around six, and that's probably one of the longest. Mm. And then around eight, he wants dinner, and after dinner, he religiously has dinner and goes out for about half an hour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what happens if we disrupt his routine? Oh, he throws up. Yeah, that's how he pays us back for giving him food, board, lodgings. And I mean, he comes in and out. Like, I mean, he treats this place like the Savoy. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like a luxury five-star hotel. Yeah. And the thanks that we get when we do something slightly differently, like if we go out to the shops and we're not around, or if we have a night away, we come back and there it is on the floor, he's been sick. Yeah. And that's the thing, you you hadn't noticed that he was doing it on purpose. Well, I got really worried. I thought it was like some kind of medical condition. No, it's just he's annoyed, so he throws up. Yeah, he does it out of spite. That's the thing with Kat. Kat, it's kind of like being in an abusive relationship. They've... Take everything from you, and then do they really love you? Because realistically, when he's there cuddling, he's just using you as a pillow. Oh, but he's so cute with his little head. Oh, and he's got a big belly that he drags along the floor because he's getting old. Oh, well, I think he's about 13 now, isn't he? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I love him. I absolutely love him. You know, I, I, I couldn't imagine living here without him like it's weird like he's a pet I don't think of him you know I don't personify him or anything like that well you kind of do don't you with pets you can't help but personify them but I am aware that he's a pet and he's an animal and there's boundaries like you know he doesn't sleep with us on a night and all that kind of stuff we keep him downstairs I mean he doesn't sleep when I'm in that's (laughs) well when you're away that's a different story he can sleep with me when you're away but that's because he like sits on your face in the middle of the night and wakes you up the problem is, he's quite annoying at night. He meows, he sort of walks around, and I move when I sleep. So he's always like where you're moving, and he literally wants to sit on your forehead. I suppose that is because it's the warmest space. So it always wakes me up. So he sleeps in the kitchen. But when I'm not home, I know in good authority that you let him <laughs> sleep with you. Because, Maybe a little bit. Because I see all of the cat hair on my pillow when I come back <laughs> the following day. Oh, I've been found out. <laughs> I mean, we knew this already, Bab. So obviously his name, Jove, is quite unusual. It's Italian, it's for Jupiter, king mm-hmm. of the gods. I'm interested to know pet names in Argentina. What's the most popular? Cats or dogs? Um, let's go with cats. Cats, male or female? Oh, uh, both. <laughs> male first. Male? Why male first? Done with patriarchy. <laughs> Sorry, female first. Female first. Okay. Fem- most popular female name for a cat in Argentina? Luna. Snap! It's the same in Britain. Is it? Yeah, in the UK, the most popular cat name is Luna. Yeah, which means? 
uh, moon. So we can go back to the Anglicism episode, the language, and that's another word that you borrowed from Spanish. Yeah. The name for your cards. Mm. Does it have anything to do with Sailor Moon? No. I mean, Sailor Moon's card is called Luna. I I doubt it. I think it's just a a cool name. I kind of wish it were were related to Sailor Moon. I love Sailor Moon. It's the compest thing ever. What's the most popular male name then for cats? Simon. Simon. Yeah. Oh. Actually, again, not that different in the UK. What is it in the UK? Well, actually, I need to check. Simba. Oh, yeah, no, no. That's a different thing. Is that a girl or a boy? Mm, I mean, Simba in the Lion Kid is a boy. Oh, so that's the most popular boy's name. It's not in sex order here, so I'm ah, having to okay. work it out. So, Simon is just the Spanish for Simon. Oh, okay. I mean, I really, really, really think you should have seen that one coming. I mean, you're studying Spanish. I am studying Spanish, but not studying Spanish names, just the language itself. Okay. Uh, okay, dogs now. What's the most popular dog name in Argentina? Male or female? Uh, let's go... Let's go female first again. Most popular name? Lola. Lola. Oh, that's nice. It's Bella in the UK. Oh. And the most popular male name for a dog is Alfie. Ah. But it used to be, until quite recently, it used to be Ben. Is there? Because mm. I remember I used to get, well, not bullied, but people would mention it at school, and I'd be like, mm, whatever. Ben wasn't particularly a dog name in Argentina. The most popular dog male dog name in Argentina is Milo, mm-hmm. which in English would be? Milo. Yeah, yes. you got that one. Isn't that also like a Nestle brand of powdered milk as well? Mm. I feel like there's a powdered milk called Milo, or some kind of drink no. in another part of the world. It might not even be South America. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But Ben wasn't particularly a name, but there was a film, a specific film in the end, in the 80s called Benji, like the brave dog or something. Oh, I've not seen that one. And it was kind of like a, oh, what, um, it was like a caniche, with these small fluffy dogs. The shit machines that go for your ankles. Let's see if I can find a photo of it. Oh, it's actually from the 70s. I saw it in the 80s. Benji. I don't even know what kind of dog. It's just a dog. It's just a dog. Okay. Yeah. I so, hope it looks like they've done a new version of it. I hope not. Anyway, people used to sort of compare me with a dog because of that. And also because my birthday in Argentina is also Animals Day. So it's the day we celebrate animals. <laughs> you have Animals Day? Yeah. Oh, that's really sweet. And I just happen to be born on that day. <laughs> I don't know what significant day I was born on. Well, obviously, I know the day that I was born on. I know who else famous was born on the same day as me, but I don't know. I don't know if it was a particular celebration other than, you know, Ronan Keating was born on the day that I was born. Maybe there was, and maybe you're not as special. Fatima Whitbread was born on the day that I was born. But we went through a phase when we were teenagers. So as well as having Albert, Albert Bonsoir Vivaldi Goodwin, that was his full name, by the way. Full name. We had two guinea pigs and a rabbit. I love guinea pigs because they're just like, (laughs) and they're so cute. And I was so disappointed when I went to Peru. I was so excited about seeing guinea pigs in the wild. But guinea pigs are like chickens. They only exist for farming purposes. They they don't don't exist in the wild. wild. It's so, I I was gutted. We did see some... We went to a village and we saw some in a woman's house 
and they literally followed her around the kitchen and she kept giving them like scraps of vegetables and then she basically said that's my dinner tonight and she wasn't pointing at the vegetables oh that's nice i did eat i mean and that's the thing you say like oh poor animal and then you're eating it the waiter at the restaurant when i'd eaten the guinea pig and it tastes just like the dark meat of chicken you know underneath that okay, kind yeah. of dark meat and the waiter in peru she came over and she said basically in peru we eat every part of the guinea pig and she was alluding to the fact that i'd left most of the skull untouched and i was like you don't need to challenge me and uh, as she walked away i just popped a couple of the eyeballs into my <laughs> mouth and popped them and then I stuck into the brain. Now, can someone please confirm this? I'm sorry, but I think that she was just pulling your leg. She was well, I trying... ate the whole thing. That's the thing. I think she was just trying to, uh, like, they have a bed behind the bar to see if they can make you eat the eyeballs of uh, of the guinea pig. Well, I did. So oh, there you are. Can any of our listeners who is Peruvian or lived in Peru or, ha- or have this kind of knowledge confirm whether they actually in Peru eat the eye walls and all of the bits of the guinea pig. Anyway, <laughs> moving further back in time, when we were teenagers, we had two guinea pigs and we had a rabbit. And we, we really didn't know what to call them. And at the time, there was a really popular programme on British television called Changing Rooms. Now, they've actually brought it back recently. But essentially, it was where friends would go around to another friend's house. They would go away for the weekend and they'd do like a couple of rooms in their house, like really quickly on a budget. Yeah, redecorating. But they had these interior designers and they were on other programmes on BBC. So there was Anna Ryder Richardson and Jocasta Innes. That was what we called the two guinea pigs. And then Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen was the rabbit. Now, there was a reason why we called him Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen, because the rabbit had like a kind of cuff. It looked like a cuff around his neck. And Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen was really famous for his outlandish shirt. So it looked like a cuff on one of his shirts. So there we are. See, I can have like a very, very strong thing about people naming pets with people's names why i don't like it it's like you have a pet it's your chance to be inventive well i think calling your guinea pig after an interior designer from bbc one is pretty inventive yeah but you could have named him funky (laughs) like be creative it's not a person i don't know it's just for me it's like for me dog names need to be like fantasy names Rather than people's names. Duly noted for when we get a pet together. We already have one. It's called Jove. <laughs> oh, yeah, but if we got another pet? Mm, okay. Am I sensing you wouldn't get another pet? Mm, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Jove, but... Would I get another pet? I mean, I think Jove is going to outlive us all, to be honest. Yeah, to be fair. And Jove would terrorise another pet as well, so... <laughs> well, he did briefly live with the dog... And the dog was more scared of him than he was yeah, of the dog. Exactly. He's a unit. I think that's the thing with Jove. He's just, you wouldn't look at him and think you're fat, but he's just, I suppose it's like me and you, really. <laughs> but he's fat. <laughs> I wanted to say we're units. But he's fat. To be fair, he's more that he has the, that dangling stomach. So imagine being fat and losing a lot of weight. You know how you have that, like, that excess skin? That's what he has hanging from his stomach. Oh, bless him. Bless him. But the thing for me about pets named with people names is not necessarily about the name itself. It's that then people start talking to pets like they were people. And that freaks me out. Okay, so 
Oh, hi, Michael. Do you want a stroke? A stroke? <laughs> yeah, like a stroke. Oh, I thought you meant like a heart attack. No, like you're offering a... heart attacks to, a, to an animal. No, like, like a cuddle. I mean, or, or, hi, Sally. Do you want some dreamies? Yeah, and or when they start talking to them like babies. Okay, yeah. Like talking to a grown dog as if we're a baby. Okay, so give me an example. Oh, like little Freddy, how are you today? Oh, you're so cute. If a dog was in front of you now, how would you talk to the dog? Mm, I probably wouldn't talk to the dog. Although it has to be said, I do sometimes talk to, uh, to Jove. But, you know, what I've, what I've noticed as well, when I talk to Jove, I respect his origins. I actually speak to him in English. Is it? I've never noticed that. I instinctively, when whenever I talk to Jove, I speak English. I don't do it in Spanish. And realistically, A, does it fucking matter? <laughs> and second of all, you're not there. I'm talking to the cat. So there's no need to actually speak any other language rather than my uh, first language. But no, whenever I talk to Jove, which doesn't happen, happen often, I do speak to him in English. But I don't treat him like a person or a baby. I treat him like a cat. But speaking hypothetically, if you could have any animal as a pet, what would you have? A dog. Straight out dog? Yeah. You see, I would be either Great White Shark in the garden or Capybara. I think Capybara slash a badger is my spirit animal. I think if I was reincarnated as an animal, I would want to be reincarnated of one of those two animals. And then you wonder why we don't get another pet. Yeah, no. I'm so sad. Why? We've reached the end of series two of Bearback. Oh, I forgot. I kind of put it out of my mind because I didn't want to think about it. But the good thing is that it's only the end of series two. We have a lot coming on. Yes, we do. Series three, we are planning already. We will be back with you guys on Friday, the 4th of February. More debate, more games, more guests. We can't wait. But even before that, if you can't wait until the 4th of February, we'll release a Christmas special. Oh, on the 25th of December. So when you're bored of your presents, you've eaten too many mince pies, or you don't want to face another family member, give us a whirl. Exactly. And then do the same in New Year's, because we're also putting out... A New Year special. Oh my goodness, all this juicy content. Yes, on the 1st of January, we'll be looking back at some of our favourite moments from Series 1 and Series 2 before deciding on our resolutions for 2022. I know. One of our resolutions of, uh, for 2022 is to engage more with our lovely listeners. Well, I think we do it quite a lot, but let's do it even more. Even more. That's, I want more. <laughs> you want more engagement. I want more communication with people. I'm not going to say the word <laughs> engagement because you're going to take it the wrong way. So please do keep in touch with us in the meantime. We are at Bareback Podcast on Instagram. At Bareback Pod on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for us, Bareback Oh, we're always available in our email, barebackpodcast at gmail.com. 
And during this little break, we're not going to be going too far. We will still be posting on our social channels. So do keep following us there and sending all your comments, thoughts, ideas, inspiration, whatever. What is it that you want us to talk about during Series 3? Yeah, let us know. And it could be like Chris last week. We did a whole episode on um, language thanks to his suggestion so you know do let us know because we want to hear from you and also if we can ask one tiny 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 favor please tell a friend about us spread the word spread the love there's loads of episodes to catch up on and if there's anywhere that you would like to leave us a review please do so as well five stars five stars always five stars always five stars Right, well, I'm going to go and stroke the cat now. Can I just clarify that that is basically a cuddle where I'll be moving my hand down his coat. I will not be trying to give him a cardiac arrest. Okay, and I'm going to go have a cry until Series 3 comes out. Oh, no, don't, don't. Because we're going to be back. We're back on Christmas Day. We're back on the 1st of January. And we'll be back, 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 back for loads more fun and frolics on Friday, the 4th of February. We love you all. Thank you for listening to us rambling on during two series of Bareback. And we'll see you soon. Lots of love. Bye. Bye.